Welcome back to Muscle Science for Women. I am one of your hosts, Rachel Gregory, and this is my co-host. Ashley Van Houten, the other one. The other one. Hello. (sighs) Wow. I think that's the first time we've done like a normal intro. In a long time. That was normal? I don't know. We'll have to get the juries out on that, but... Anyway, let us know to- if you're listening to this. Uh, let us know in your uh, Instagram stories if you think that we are we're normal. Uh, we're normal that we're crushing it on the on the podcast. Anyways, so things start to get things start to get a little loopy when we've been talking to each other for more than an hour, which we have at yeah. this point. And like you know, it is what it is. That's what happens. This is gonna be a fun um, one. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, this one, this is like one of those, we're talking about questions that we got from our, our um, email, which by the mm-hmm. way, send in your comments, send in your nice messages, send in your like funny fitness stories, send in whatever you want to muscle science for women at gmail.com, the number four. And you know what? Actually, that reminds me because I listened to a podcast that is not fitness related, that is like huge and very popular. So they probably get hundreds and hundreds of emails, but they basically, their listeners will like send in funny personal stories related to the topic of the podcast and they read them out. So like if anybody wants to, you know, when this, when this podcast comes out, our funny stories about dropping weights on our feet and switching (laughs) bikinis with strangers will have already come out. Those are some of our fitness related stories. If you have any funny ones, send them to us and we can read them out. That would be super fun. Yeah. Send us your funny stories. Okay. And also feel free to rate and review the podcast if you can, because that does help. So if you're listening on Spotify, you can do the little stars. Hopefully it's a five star. Um, and then on iTunes podcast, you can leave, if you scroll down to the bottom, there's like five star review and you can also, or rating, you can also leave a review, which really helps us. Um, so if you can take a quick sec to do that, it would be yes, please. super appreciated. Also, just FYI to you and to all of our listeners that we are now on Amazon Music, um, which is just another place because I actually got, because we're such a big deal, I got an email from like Amazon that was like, hey, we noticed you have a podcast and it's not on Amazon Music. Put it on Amazon Music. I was like, all right. So it's on Amazon Music now. And I I put a a question on Instagram, like where people listen to their podcast, because I'm just, I'm curious, like where people get it. And I heard all kinds of different things that I'd never heard of before. Like, have you ever heard of Overcast? Uh, I feel like maybe I, but maybe I'm thinking of something cast. Like I've heard of cast. There's so many. Yeah, Yeah. there's so many, but that was a big Um, one. Um, not a lot of people actually use Amazon music, which shocks me since everyone uses Amazon for everything. I feel like it's probably going to blow up. Like I never use Spotify like until a few years, like maybe two years ago. So yeah, it's true. And I mean, a lot of people still use Pandora. Do you use Pandora? No, I do. Me neither. Anyway, we are are slowly expanding. You're going to hear us literally everywhere. So wherever you listen to podcasts, listen to us, subscribe, rate and review. It would make us so happy. Now it's time to talk about Rachel's ice cream recipe corner. Tell us, what are you doing? Because I'll tell you, um, I'm ready to get back in the ice cream game. I was off for a while and I'm ready to get back in and guess what I'm going to do. I'm going to crumble up some Easter treats into my Mm. ice cream. That's what I'm going to do because everyone knows that Easter has the best candy. Okay. Mini eggs, other eggs, et cetera doing it. I have some right. of those in my, uh, well, this is a little bit of story before I get into the ice cream. So I had a, a barbecue get together last weekend with my kickball team. Cause we have, it's like a new season starting. So like kickball, it's like eight week seasons. And then you have like a new season that starts. So yes. the season started, um, 
Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Uh, like our, I'll have to tell you about this. <laughs> tell me the real details later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I made a fruit platter cause it's like, it's a potluck barbecue. It's like, all right, what are I going to bring? And last time I had a thing, I made a fruit platter. It was like this whole nice thing and everybody loved it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this again. And when I was at the store buying all, all this stuff, like obviously all the Easter candies out and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just buy some of these um, like the little mini Easter eggs, the ones you were talking about, like the white chocolate cookies and cream ones. And I'm like, if people don't, you know, want all the healthy stuff, I can just put a few of these eggs like along, like over the platter or whatever. And, you know, they'd appreciate a little bit of chocolate with a little bit of fruit, whatever. Yes. So I bought this whole bag of things and, and I was at Bree's house cause she was helping me put together this, <laughs> this fruit platter the night before. And it got to the point where I was like, where you're putting, where you're about to put the Easter egg candies on. And, and I was like, should I do this? Like, is this going to ruin how it looks? And we started, like, I, I put one, I was like, this doesn't look like this just ruins it. Right. I I don't, it just didn't look right. So then I ended up really overthinking the aesthetics of your fruit platter. (laughs) I mean, but honestly it just, it ruined it. So I didn't put them on, but I actually ended up making, we made chocolate chip cookies to add on the side, um, like homemade chocolate chip cookies. And then the Easter egg candies are just in my pantry and Alex is now eating them every night. I thought you were <laughs> going to say that they went into the cookies. I thought you were going to say no. you chopped up oh, the chocolate. I know. So that cookie. would have been a good idea. Um, and then I, I didn't do that, but I still have a whole bag of them. So maybe I'll do that. Um, that's, that's what you got to do. Well, anyway, your ice cream, dude, that's what I was going to say. So yeah. I, well, probably I've been putting a few, um, toffee chips. So we made chocolate mm. chip toffee, uh, cookies. So a few of those toffee chips in the ice cream. Mm. So good. Um, but yes, so I have been experimenting as I always do with protein ice cream. Um, and my thing is, is like trying to make the base of the ice cream, um, as indulgent as possible with keeping the calories low so that I can add in mix-ins and toppings and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do use, we talked about this before. I use like just the cashew milk, which is like 20 calories for a cup unsweetened cashew milk versus regular milk, which is going to be, you know, more calories, but also will make it creamier and, and all that stuff. Um, however, so I, I've been experimenting with adding different types of fruit into it too, because the fruit will give it more texture. Um, and so I've been experimenting with banana and the banana with, I mean, the active sacks in general, but both vanilla and chocolate, even just like 40 grams of banana, which is like 30 calories. Right. Um, so because I'm not very good at grams, is that like what half a banana, a whole banana? What is that? Uh, depends on the size of the banana, but I would say that 40 grams is probably like half of a medium banana ish. Um, so yeah, like 30 to 40 calories of, of banana. Um, but it makes a huge difference in the texture, um, Mm. like huge difference. Um, and also like, if you like chocolate banana flavored stuff, like I think, and and this was like the whole nice cream craze. Mm -hmm. Remember that where people are just Mm -hmm. taking frozen banana and blending it up, which that's Mm -hmm. fine too. Um, but you need to use like a lot of frozen banana to, to actually get a lot of ice cream. Um, so just a little bit goes a long way. So that with the active stacks, um, banana with, uh, vanilla active sacks is what I've been doing unsweetened Mm -hmm. cashew milk. And then I add a little bit, a little bit of the vanilla, um, bean powder, which I think I told you about, Mm -hmm. which I get off Amazon and that is amazing. Um, and then putting a little bit of the toffee chips. So good. It's like literally the whole point, the whole pint is 150 calories and it's like, 
so I just, every night I'm like, <laughs> I can eat a pint of ice cream every night. My life has been changed. And let me just tell you this. I have had several of my like friends from a long time ago, like high school friends who, who follow me on Instagram. They're like, you've changed my life with the Ninja Creamy. They literally messaged me and like, you have changed my life. I'm like, it's crazy. I told I you. mean, you made me buy one. And by made, yeah. I mean, you inspired me to buy one. And like, I'm not even really an ice cream person. And I was just like, if you can, I am a huge fan. I've always been a huge fan of like making your dessert just make more sense in your diet. Like I will never not eat dessert. I will never mm -hmm. not have a sweet tooth, but if you can make Same. your dessert have protein in it, if you can make it actually fulfilling, cause that's, that to me is the biggest issue with ice cream historically. Cause again, it's not my favorite dessert. I, I choose mm -hmm. like a pastry or something over it, but like things that are so hyper palatable with so low nutrition value, you could eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's and you don't even feel satisfied. You know, you might exactly. feel a little full for a minute or like even sick, but you're not like, I'm satisfied. Whereas if you make like, I make like protein fudgy brownies or like high protein ice cream or whatever, you're still getting something indulgent. You're still getting something sweet that satisfies that part of it. And then your body's also like, oh, I just got nourishment. So I don't mm -hmm. feel like eating 10 other things tonight, you know, exactly. it's perfect. So yeah. yeah, you're changing lives out here with the, yeah. with the no, and then you don't cream. feel like you have to go and buy a pint of ice cream every weekend and like have the balance because honestly, they just opened a, one of the, the famous, uh, ice cream places in San Diego, literally downstairs from my apartment. Mm. Like today's the grand opening. And <laughs> this is funny, <laughs> the grand opening it, it's called handles ice cream. People probably heard of it. Yes, and yes. it's like the first hundred people to come to the grand. I walked past it yesterday when I was coming back from Trader Joe's and there's a big sign. It's like grand opening first hundred people to come get free ice cream for a year. And I was about to like take a picture what? and yeah, I was about to take a picture and send it to Alex. And I was like, wait, no, no, no. Like I can't do this because we, <laughs> we don't need free ice cream for a year. It would be so, so easy because you guys literally live right there. It would be so yeah. easy for you to crush that. Oh. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, I don't need that. Like no. I, I am super sad. And I honestly, if I was at like an ice cream shot on a Friday night, like I would probably say no to the ice cream because I'm like, I want to eat my whole pint of ice cream at home. Yeah. That is really satisfying. And I can eat a whole pint of it versus a tiny scoop for the same amount of calories and just all sugar and fat, no protein. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's like, once you figure out how to make it and like are satisfied and, and whatever, like, I'm not going to, we're not, this whole podcast is not going to be about ice cream, but it's a game changer and a life changer. So if you want to try out active stacks, obviously you can make it with different proteins and things like that, but we really like active stacks because it's yes. clean, um, minimal ingredients, very, very flavorful. Um, mm -hmm. and it does have a really good, it does give it a really good texture on its own, even without yeah. adding the extra stuff. Um, yeah. so what's our code is, uh, MSW 10. Okay. MSW 10 activestacks.com. Although we okay. may need to do a rebranding and start calling this podcast ice cream science for women, because that's what we spend most of our time talking about. Ice cream science for women. Join us next week. Yeah. Anyway. And, and I'm going to uh, also say that I'll link the blog post where I talk about exactly how to make the ice cream in this podcast. Um, cause I've had people ask about that. So we'll link that in the description. I'll make a note of it. Um, yes. it goes through step-by-step, step, you know, how to do it all to make it amazing. Um, and, and do you want, Oh, you go. No, just touching quickly. I, we can't stop talking about ice cream, but you were talking <laughs> about adding, adding the bananas. And I saw something Instagram sent me a recipe that like sort of seems like it's too good to be true, but I kind of want to try it out. 
because I, I have complicated feelings about fruit and dessert. Like I really love like citrus stuff. So I really love like a lemon meringue pie or like a key lime pie or like whatever. But like, I don't generally think like fruit on like a cake or on ice cream is making it better. It's just like, I'll eat that when I want to eat something healthy. Like I'd just rather eat the ice cream, but I saw a recipe that was, it's like a sorbet, but it Mm -hmm. literally was frozen clementines in a food processor. And apparently if you process it properly enough, it it's not like icy slushy, it like turns creamy. And I'm like, is that a thing? Because that would be so delicious. Cause you know, like clementines are kind of tart and like whatever, but mm-hmm. anyway, but you can make sorbets with the Ninja creamy too, right? Can't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. I've made them too in the past. I haven't talked about them much, but I've made yeah. different sorbets. Um, so that might, yeah. we might, one or both Wait, of us might need that. to add that to the, yeah. Yeah. And then also just kind of, uh, this is a segue into our other sponsor, but the speaking about consistency, I just thought about the creamer from Bubs. You could probably add a scoop of creamer into the ice cream and that might give it a, a really good consistency. Yes. Yes. Okay. So Genius. Genius had not yeah. thought about that, but we're definitely going to do that. Cause I was saying like, I've, I've tried the creamer a couple of times and like literally it exists to make things creamy coffee. Mostly. I'm sure you could probably mm-hmm. use it in tea too, if you're a tea person, but, um, yeah, hundred percent going to do that. When I get back from my travel this weekend, I'm going to make some ice cream. I'm going to add some bubs creamer, which has MCT, um, whole milk powder, grass fed butter powder, um, into my ice cream and see what it does. That's so genius. I will report back. Um, yeah. And that's just like the latest product they came out with, um, since they've launched their coffee, which we've been really enjoying. It's like really good quality coffee, which is amazing. Um, you can make coffee ice cream with the creamer. Dude, you are so full of ideas right now. And it's like blowing my mind. Okay. So I could make cold brew. It doesn't have to be cold brew, whatever, brew a coffee, but whatever. I'm making cold brew anyway. Add that, some chocolate active stacks, some yes. Bub's creamer pie, and then maybe I'll just throw in some crushed mini eggs or something because tis yeah. the season. I don't know. We'll see how and crazy And even some collagen. Why not? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Can you tell that we are both maybe a little hungry? All right. Um, cool. we we'll probably answer some questions, but yes, yes. bubs, but shout out bubs. Um, they're a code that we would love for you to use because you're supporting us when you, um, purchase stuff with our sponsor. It is MSW 20. You get 20% off. Just try some of their coffee. If you're a creamer person, grab the new creamer, but they're good. Their, their products are amazing. I've been using them for like a decade now. It's a super awesome company. So we should all support them. MSW 20 bubsnaturals.com. Now let's get into some questions, some listener questions. Yeah. Lots of people unsurprisingly are curious about cuts and bulks because that's what we've been talking about a lot since I've been going through my own little cut here for the first time in many years. Um, and there's a lot we could, there's a lot we could go into on this topic, but I mean, where do you want to start? Like, do you want me to yeah. kind of read, read some of the one particular person has a question about like seasonal stuff and why don't you read well, the two questions? Because yeah. I think that there are, they're, they're sort of general questions, right? Yeah. Um, and then we can, um, just kind of talk about the, the general theme of 
you know, having goals and setting goals within body composition changes, cuts, bulks, where to go, Mm -hmm. um, from different programming, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and we'll just see where it goes, I think. Okay. So Sophia wrote in, and this is kind of like a long, like preamble, which I won't necessarily get into, but she was kind of saying that she's, you know, she's gone from, um, cuts and, you know, she, she's kind of doing it seasonally. So she'll sort of diet in the summer months and then she'll kind of eat more. And she's saying she'll like, when she's cutting, she's eating about 1200 calories a day. When she's not, she's averaging around 1800. And her questions are, she's saying eating less sucks. I mean, newsflash, but she says, she says, if I stay at the current weight that I'm at a higher weight, I can eat more, which is great. Is it possible to continue to body recomp, um, and eventually look leaner at that weight and eating that much? Like, can I keep eating more and can I even stay this weight, but look leaner or look more cut? That's the first question. And the second one is if you go with the seasons, like you try to lose weight in the summer and gain weight in the winter, what's the best way to optimize that? Are there some pitfalls with trying to kind of do this cyclically with the seasons? She lives in Chicago, which is a cold place. I can relate. And it makes you feel crappy. You're not going to be walking as much. Like it can kind of be harder to Mm -hmm. cut in the winter. Um, so what are your thoughts on like seasonal cutting and bulking? So where do you want to go from there? Um, so I'm just going to start off by saying that I am a huge, and we talked about this in the past, and this is really how I've, um, built my coaching membership around. And even with clients, I'm a huge proponent of periodization and understanding where you're going and having a long-term plan when it comes to, um, you know, whatever you're doing with your goals, nutrition, training, you know, all that jazz, because if you don't have an idea of where you're going, a lot of us fall into this, like, you know, these extremes, right. We go into an extreme cut and then we get to where we want to, we get to our, we accomplish our goal. And then it's like, oh crap, well, what's next. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, how do I maintain this? And then most people don't end up maintaining it because they don't know what comes next or how to come out of that or whatever. Um, and so, I'm a huge proponent of having a plan, right? Having a plan when it comes to literally anything in life, (laughs) Um, but especially with body composition changes. Um, So I think that periodization is important for everyone. I don't think that is something that is just solely for like bodybuilders or competitive athletes. I think that if everybody has sort of an idea of the long-term of where they're going, like, and where they want to be in two years from now, if they have some idea of that and they're not so focused on like where they want to be tomorrow or next week or this summer, right. It's like, you will have so much more productivity in what you're doing and you will be able to maintain your results so much better and not be going through these yo-yoing and these, these like ups and downs and literally just like looking back in 10 years and been like, oh man, I've been dieting for my entire life. Like, how do I get out of this? Right. That's what a lot of people we, we talk to, they're like, I've been dieting for so long and I haven't gotten the results that I want. Yeah. And I, I don't know what to do right now. And mm-hmm. it's because you, you haven't taken a strategic approach to it. So what I'll say is that I think periodization is important. Um, and I think that you can periodize, periodize with the seasons. However, with what, um, so Sophia, Sophie, Sophie mm-hmm. said, I think that, um, having a more long-term strategic, strategic approach to that is something that I would look at in the sense of, she mentioned, you know, dieting during the summer, right. And then, yeah, like uh, leaning out in the summer and then bulking in the winter, yeah. but it's kind of the opposite. If yeah. You look at it like from a, like an ancestral 
perspective. Like if you're cut, you're kind of like you're when times are good and you're just chilling out and like eating fruit and getting chubs, like mm-hmm. that happens in the summer during the summer. And yeah. then the winter months are leaner because you're cold, you're not moving, you're hibernating, like, you know, whatever, we're yeah. not bears, but you get the point. Like yeah. it's, that's what happens naturally, but it's also mm-hmm. like, do we want, do we want to formalize that? Like, do you want to set yourself up for like strict cuts and bulks every season yeah. anyway? Like, is that fun? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where having a longer term approach and realizing yeah. that like, okay, periodization is not just like, Hey, I'm going to go, you know, periodize first going into a, a cut for the next four months. And then I'm going to, you know, do a reverse diet. And then I'm going to go into a bulk and then I'm going to go into a cut again and, and things like that. And like, yes, that can be something that you do at some point and depending on where you're coming from, but periodization also includes the longer term, like maybe there's, you actually have to go periodize yourself and spend a year at maintenance before you even think about going into any type of cut or bulk or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That is still part of the process. Um, and I think that's where people get, they, they're just so focused on the short term and there's no long-term commitment or um, idea of like what they can actually achieve if they just give, give it time and have a strategic yes. plan. So the one thing I'll say with that is, um, if you've been going at this alone and you are still not where you want to be, you probably need a coach to help guide you or some type of, uh, sh- someone to, to help with the structure of that and to teach mm-hmm. you what you, what you're not really getting right now, because mm-hmm. it's, what's the saying? Like, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, that's like the definition of insanity. Expecting right? a different result. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's, let's not be insane <laughs> and, <laughs> and maybe a higher coach anyway. So we happen to know two very good coaches. Yeah, so, yeah. um, yeah. Um, so that's the first thing I'll say about that. And then, uh, and then I want you to talk to, so I'll just kind of wrap up what I'm going to say with the being able to eat more and maintain, cause she said she's at a certain weight that she can eat enough to maintain. Um, but she wants to feel leaner at this weight. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that is going to come back again to having a long-term plan and realizing that if that is something that you want to achieve, then we have to periodize your goals for the next few years to get to that point, maybe in two years. And I say that because if you want to be at a, a weight that you can, that you're at right now and that you can eat a good amount of calories at, but look leaner, that requires building muscle, Mm -hmm. spending time, not dieting. And when I say time, I mean a year plus Mm -hmm. not going into a deficit and you don't even have to necessarily go into a surplus either, but it's just like, okay, where can I spend time where you're at now, eating enough food, focusing on feeling good energy, training hard, following a periodized program where you're lifting weights to build muscle and you're Mm -hmm. not thinking about burning calories during your workouts, right? We're lifting to build muscle. When you can do that and spend a year doing that, it's crazy what can happen. And a lot of people say like, oh, body recomposition, it's only for people who are new. And it's like, no, like you can bot, anybody can really body recomp. It's just how, like, what is the timeline, right? If you're someone who's like, I want to see, like, I maybe for you, for example, you haven't dieted in a few years and you wanted to go into this, you know, um, 
this cut for your photo shoot. Right. And so that's a scenario where it's like, no, like we're not going to take a recomp approach because that's going to take a longer, a long period of time for you because you're more advanced. So we do need to go into a strategic fat loss phase. And there are, you know, scenarios where that has to happen. However, like if you commit to the long term and you spend some time actually fueling your body appropriately at maintenance and maybe even in a slight surplus, you can get to a point where you could feel lean at this, this weight that you're at, but that's going to come from spending time eating enough and fueling appropriately because, and and then I'll shut up because I'm talking a lot. What people don't realize is that when it comes to like body fat percentage, which I don't know what my body fat percentage is and I don't really care. And you shouldn't either. Um, cause the number doesn't matter, but when it comes to like that side of things, if you are someone who weighs a certain amount and you have, let's just, I don't know, 150 pounds. This is just an example. You weigh 150 pounds and you have a hundred, uh, hundred and hundred pounds of lean body mass, right? Mm-hmm you're going to be X amount of body fat percentage, right? If you weighed and lean body mass, let's just refer to that as everything plus your muscle, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you weigh 150 pounds um, and you have a hundred pounds of lean body mass. I don't even know everything if these numbers but fat. Everything, yeah, but, everything fat. but fat. Yeah, let's say you have 50 sense. pounds fat, yeah. whatever. So you spend the next two years not dieting and focusing on maintaining where you're at, 150 pounds-ish, plus or minus a little bit. And you get into a really progressive program. You're focused on building muscle. You're eating enough protein. You're managing your stress. You're sleeping, blah, blah, blah. You gain, I don't know, 10, 10 pounds of muscle, 10, 15 pounds of muscle in the next two years. Who knows? Maybe. So now your lean body mass goes up to like 110 pounds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you're still at 150 pounds. Your mm-hmm. body fat percentage has now gone down, mm-hmm. right? So you are a leaner version of yourself at that same body weight because you have built more muscle and you will see that, right? Because muscle is more dense than body fat. Mm -hmm. So that is a scenario where you actually have recomped over a long period of time. You've lost, um, you've, you've stayed the same weight and because you've been focusing on progressing and building muscle, you've built muscle and you've probably lost a little body fat over the course of time. And so mm-hmm. this is the scenario where that happens. Um, but last thing I'll say here again is two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not two months, two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you truly want to do this, there's other ways to go about it, but that's one option. It's just like, okay, spend time at maintenance and stop trying to diet every freaking month. Mm-hmm. The end, goodbye. Now you go. Listen, I mean, uh, mic sorry, drop. I don't, this. I don't, I don't have much to add. That was, that was pretty a uh, masterclass. I mean, I, first of all, just going back, I think our new tagline should be, let's not be insane. Love that. Yes. Love that as a life motto. Or do just, stupid shit. That was don't the do other stupid one. Shit. Don't do, don't stupid, do shit. stupid shit. Let's not be insane. We got to put these on t-shirts. Um, love that. Right yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you and I love, I love the breakdown too of like, you know, the 150 pounds, hundred pounds of lean body mass. And then you do this like adjustment thing because people, again, we don't understand women do not take enough time to understand the mechanics, the biology of their body. We're so emotionally invested in a stupid number on a scale instead of what our body can do, what it feels like. And yes, 
what it looks like. And I've said this over and over again, but like, again, if we're even just being superficial and like aesthetically focused about this, like you and I could both pick pictures from our camera roll of the time that we looked, the, we think we looked the best, you know, and maybe it's pretty lean. Maybe we had like some little abs or some like veins or whatever, maybe because that's what we like aesthetically, right? The time when we looked the fittest, just buffest ever. And we love this picture and we feel so good about ourselves. We post on social media and we say, in this picture, I weigh 107 pounds. Just say, just say, that's crazy. But anyway, just say it. Or you post it and you say, I weigh 137 pounds. Or you say, I weigh 167 pounds. It does not change what you look like. It doesn't change that you are fit and strong and you look good. So who gives a shit about the weight? Except for as you use it as a tool, as a data tool. But like using the number as like a reason to feel good or bad about yourself, it sucks. Just don't do it. You know, use it as data. Don't use it as a, you know, a a metric of how good you are. You know, I just, I hate it so much anyway. And um, when I see people post and they're like, uh, 20 pounds heavier than me. And I'm like, you look better than I do. I'm like, great. Look how much muscle that person probably has. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I want to be like if I could be 200 pounds and and look confident and feel confident, that's not, that's a little bit extreme, but like, yes, I don't want to see the scale go down. Like I want to be the heaviest version of myself at the the leanest and most confident. So like, that's, that's right. something to also realize too, like it takes work to do that. And you have to spend the time doing the right work in order to do that. Because also, sorry, I'm interrupting you, but no, like she said, she wants to eat more. and live her life, being able to consume more and maintain where you're at. And just from biology, the heavier you are, the more you can eat because you have Mm -hmm. a a higher BMR, right? So the more calories just based off your weight and your like gravity to the earth, like you can eat more food and maintain the heavier you are. So Mm -hmm. actually everybody should want to be heavier, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is like, come on. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now. You go. (laughs) Everyone should want to be, I'm taking a lot of notes in this one. Um, I mean, again, that's like, that's a controversial statement. So I kind of love it, but the only other thing that I'd add, like, you know, reiterating what you said about, um, you know, you need to know where you're trying to go or else you you aren't going to know how to get there. Right. Like if I live in Ontario and I'm trying to get to um, South America, or I don't know where I'm going. Like if I'm like somewhere in South America, like, do I take a bus? Do I take a plane? Do I take, I don't know. You need to know where you're going to know how to get there. And further to that, like you said, getting a coach, super important. It may not always be viable or a thing for everybody. So there are things you can do on your own. I mean, having a coach is big time going to help. Like going back to my prep thing. I know for a fact, I've said this before, I know exactly how to prep and lose weight. But if you and I hadn't had this conversation and you hadn't said, like, let's do this together, I guarantee I would not have prepped for this photo shoot. I guarantee it because there was too much going on. I was too stressed. I didn't have, I didn't have direction and I didn't have a support system and I wouldn't have accountability and accountability. I still probably would have done the photo shoot and I would have felt like I should have done something. I should have tried a little harder and it would have been, it kind of would have sucked. So I can't speak highly enough about getting a coach, but I do understand that maybe it's not always viable at this moment or whatever. So one of the other things I'll say just about this like email too, is she was saying like, when I'm in my cutting period, I'm eating about 1200 calories. First of all, that sounds 
too low. And no wonder you, you, you think eating less sucks because 1200 calories is probably too low for most people. Um, definitely too low for most people. And then saying, okay. And then when I'm eating more, I'm eating this many calories. Like the difference between 1200 calories and 18, 1900 calories is vast. We don't need to, again, be so black and white, like, oh, I want to lose weight. I have to hardly eat anything and starve and be hungry. Or when I'm trying to feel good, I'm going to eat this normal amount of food. Like that's the whole point of like progressive and slow um, calorie restriction is that you don't go from 1900 to 1200 and then stay there for six months. There's a huge range in the middle that could be supporting your goals at maybe a slower, more sustainable rate that isn't going to mess with your hormones and your sleep and your mood and make you feel miserable and then make you ultimately maybe give up because it's too low, right? So again, mm. we need to like think about not being so extreme all the time. Life doesn't have to be about hibernating in the winter and eating all the food you can eat. And then when it's summer, you want to look good in a bikini, so you hardly eat anything. And then by the time summer's over, you're hung, you're hangry and irritable and you just, you start all over again, right? If we can find this happy medium in the middle where, like you said, we're working on this in a long-term fashion, this is going to take us years, but we're still working towards it. We're still progressing every day and we're feeling good doing it. We're supporting our health while we're doing it. We're keeping our hormones good while we're doing it. Um, that's, that's it. And yeah. you can do a lot of that stuff on your own. Like it helps to have a coach and it's a good idea to have a coach, but if we just stop thinking about the black and white, like extremes and the perfection, and we just think like, let's just eat enough. Let's just kind of be in maintenance. Let's build some muscle. Let's eat some whole foods. Mm -hmm. Let's support our overall health. So many of the building blocks fall into place. And then maybe you get a coach for a couple of months or so to like tweak things, to hone in on things, to like get some accountability, to like get you through the finish line. But a lot of this stuff, if you just change your perspective, you can you can do, you can make a lot of strides on your own with some kind of common sense, mm -hmm. less extreme approaches. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about this too, in the past, like our body, and this is going more into the biology and I won't spend too much time here, but like your body adapts to what you're doing. So if you've been eating like a lot, like lower calorie for a long time, your body's going to adapt to that and it's going to make things harder for you. So this comes back to, again, like are you even, is 1800 calories, even your, your maintenance, your true maintenance, or is that because you've adapted to that calorie amount and you've never actually tried to increase that. So mm -hmm. you don't even know where your quote unquote ceiling is. Right. Mm -hmm. And we talk about this, you know, we talked about this too, like maintenance is not just a number, it's a range. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this is where there's a lot of other like educational pieces and, and parts of the, the strategy and the, again, like the, the science, the calculations, the things like that, that do matter. Because mm -hmm. like you said, you don't have to go from 18 to 1200 calories to see results, but let's find a happy medium there. But then that's also realized that like, you can go through different periods, uh, where you are maybe pushing a little bit more and then you're pulling back. And like, how does that look? What does that look like over a, f a four month period? And then mm -hmm. what do you do next? And then what comes after that? And like, do you have an idea right? Because if you have no idea and you're just like doing what you, what someone posted on Instagram, cause they're eating a certain amount and you're like, I want to look like them. So I'm going to eat X, Y, and Z. And, and that's going to be that like, what, mm -hmm. yeah. what happens next? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, it's, it, it's, it's the education and the awareness and like understanding that there are pieces to the puzzle that if you are not aware of, if you're not educated in, you're never 
ever going to be able to maintain the body that you want. It's just not going to happen. And these puzzle pieces are all things we talk about in muscle science for women. I mean, again, like this is a comprehensive course. This is, this is a incredibly, um, challenging and awesome strength training program, but it's also so much more than that and covers so much about nutrition and how to understand it and how to understand it and personalize it for yourself. Um, and so anyway, plug, like you guys yeah. should all take muscle science for women because we do talk about this stuff. Yeah. Um, for sure. and then can I just say one more thing about that too? Yeah. Um, so this is another thing I know that you said, like, you know, some, from a financial perspective, some people mm-hmm. might not be able to afford a coach. Right. But if you're listening to this podcast and you've been doing this for a while and you've been spending years, like in a place where you're just so frustrated and spinning Mm -hmm. your wheels. It's like, all right, well, is it time to like, maybe cut back on something else to Mm -hmm. invest in yourself? Or do you want to continue dieting the rest of your life and being frustrated and not feeling your most confident best self for the next years and beyond? Because Mm -hmm. like what, like what's the the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So why don't you take a step back, think about where you've been the last few years, what you've been doing. Has it worked? Maybe it has for a little bit, but like, are you right back where you started? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Have you had a support system? Have you learned from someone who actually works with people on a daily basis to do this? If you Mm -hmm. haven't, then maybe it's time to take that step. Um, And so again, like I know for you agree with this too, but like when I hired my first coach years ago, it was literally the best decision I've ever made. And I I still have a coach and I always Mm -hmm. will, um, Mm -hmm. because it's just something that you can't get from anything else. Even if you know all the things that you're supposed to do. And even if you have the most education in the world, like having that person to hold you accountable or having a structure from a program, like the most science program program where you can ask questions and you have the guide to, to get you there. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing that compares to that. So it's true. I I'm mean, very you make talkative it, today. Yeah, I, I listen, I love it. And you make, <laughs> you do make a good point because again, it is about what, like everybody's seen those memes on Instagram where it's like a gym membership is a hundred dollars a month. That's ridiculous. And then we spend like $200 drinking that night. And then we spend $50 on like streaming services. And then we spend this money on this. And it's like, yeah, it's where, where do you want to invest? And truly like not to be overly dramatic, but I think we all know and have instances either personally or in our lives that have proven that literally nothing else matters, but your health, you think everything matters. And then something happens with your health. and like, oh, that's actually the only thing that matters someone in your family gets sick, you get sick, something happens. It really like comes into stark relief that that's the most important thing is your health. And I'm not saying that like doing a strength training program is like going to, I don't know, keep you alive or whatever, but like it might, it might keep you alive longer. It might keep you happier and healthier and stronger and be like the catalyst to, um, you know, improvements in your life. And I do think that your health and how you feel about yourself are two of the most important things to living yeah. a happy, happy life. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you want to invest in? If, if investing in the right coach and, and the right program can do those things for you, that's kind of priceless. Yeah. Like if you wake up every single morning and you hate what you see in the mirror, you, you put on clothes and you feel so uncomfortable and you start your day like that. Yeah. Your, your day is not going to be as good as it could be. If you woke up feeling confident, feeling you know, really, really good 
just from the on the inside and outside, like all that matters, right? It's it's just a completely different life. It's a completely different life. Yeah. Just empowered. And like, you know what to do. Cause we've talked about this before too, is like you and I both have times where we feel not as good about ourselves, where we feel like maybe we could be doing things better or something happened that frustrated us, or we don't look as good in our clothes or whatever. Like everybody does that. Everybody, the, Mm -hmm. the most famous fitness model to everybody else in the world, everybody feels like that. That's fine. But I've always, the thing that's kept me from having crazy, like up and down cycles or falling into a depression or hating myself is that I know what to do. I'm not confused. I'm not frustrated. I don't feel hopeless. I always know what to do, whether I'm ready to do it or not is another thing, but having the knowledge, empowering yourself with the knowledge of how your body works and how to make changes and improvements if you want to is so important. And like a lot of people, I'm sure you have this too, clients who come to me who are just like, I don't even know anymore. I've tried so many things nothing's working. I've tried this. I've tried that. Things are getting worse. My body doesn't react the way it it used to. I don't know what to do. And it's so exhausting and demoralizing to not understand your body. So yeah, knowing, feeling good and knowing how to feel good. It's just like, yeah, it's priceless. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a mic drop moment. I feel like we, we just can end it here because we just crushed this. And I'm going to, my, I'm going to just not end it because I want to say one more thing and then we can end it. You won't let me, you won't let me do it. Like, because we just finished on a high note. This better be good. But this this is, this is good. Okay. All right. When you hire a coach, please also realize that just because you hired a coach doesn't mean that the coach is going to do the work for you. Oh yeah. They better not. It's very important to understand that you still have to put in the work and the effort to get to where you want to be. But when you have the guidance, when you have the structure, when you have the accountability, it makes it so much easier, but you Mm -hmm. have to still be willing to do the work because Mm -hmm. there's always going to be work to do. And if you, if you're not ready to do that, then you have to get ready because it's going to be hard. There's going to be ups and downs. It's life, but you need to do the work. Yep. Okay. Second mic drop. Now, now we're done. Now we're done. All right. Um, okay, guys, I hope you like our um, very passionate plea to uh, work with us. Okay. Cause you should work? do it. We, do, we both do. We both offer uh, coaching in a variety of different things. We have the muscle science for women program, which is ongoing now and still crushing. And we have our glute specialization workshop program that it, mm-hmm. we are feverishly working on and we'll have that soon. So we're going to put links to all of these things in the show notes in case you want to reach out to either of us um, directly in case you want to sign up to know more about the glute course, jump on muscle science for women and work with us there. All of it's available. We are here for you if, and when you're ready to, um, you know, get on board. So that's that. That's let's not be, let's not be insane, everybody. And don't do stupid shit. Don't do stupid shit. See you next time. Bye.